0: pop culture five i'm thomas senna and with me as always is the stephen van zant to my max weinberg the gary talent to my clarence clemens tell me dove how are you on bruce springsteen day
1: i am so pumped man uh you know scooter and the big man i i love that that tandem i love that duo and it's just crazy because so many people over the years now have talked about you know me i'm in philly the Jersey shore is not far from where I'm at Mm -hmm. and talking about this Bruce spring. That's where Bruce is from. And it's weird because if you're from here, the Jersey shore is like, Oh, it's the shore Jersey shore. And people are like, take me to where the East street band and Bruce. And I'm like, really? You want to go there? (laughs) But then like, even like looking back, it's like the Melmar, it's like a 35 minute drive from where I'm at. And that's where like, they like the East street band, like was formed and everything. So it's one of those things that like, he's he's local ish. But I never – I kind of take it for granted. And then when the outsiders are like – it's almost like the whole like Liberty Bell where it's like, oh, it's the, I've seen it a million. It's not really – it's like a crack and I walk by all the time and don't think about it. But they're like, the Liberty Bell. And I'm like, really? And it's like the same with I've been with to Bruce. Philly
0: once and I was excited to go to the Liberty Bell. Yeah. It's, and the it's Constitutional of, Museum and the Ben Franklin, all, all mm-hmm. of that. I was, I was pumped. It's The, <laughs> the museums are cool. Yeah. But the Liberty
1: Bell is something that I'm just like, I don't get it. And people love it. And I go, I walk by all, the, even now all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there it is. And that's where like Bruce being from the Jersey Shore, I'm just like, <laughs> what is the Jersey Shore. It's whatever. And even Bruce is kind of like, it's whatever. But people are like, take me there. And I'm like, are you sure? So it's like, I forget that such an icon has local ties to me.
0: Yeah, well, Bruce, even more so than it's whatever, sometimes he's like, yeah, I got to get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, like, even, you know, even more so. But, yeah, I figured, like, like interesting that you you have, as a Philadelphia resident, being in the, the general area, close to Jersey and whatnot, uh, a connection with Bruce. But it wasn't always a connection mm-hmm. for you, right, Jeremy? Like, how did you get into Bruce? No, it wasn't.
1: Honestly, um, I kind of thought the songs that I had heard by Bruce mostly were that the heartland rock eighties era. And they didn't really hit with me when I was younger. And that's all I really knew about him. And I knew the Philadelphia song from the movie Philadelphia. And Mm -hmm. I, I would always say, I like that song and other than else, Bruce Springsteen's whatever. And I was so wrong about him when I was in college. I still remember these guys, uh, Mike Rivak, Pat Wheaton, Nick Petro they loved Bruce and they went out and bought uh like the a born to run the album like the anniversary where it came like a DVD of like a documentary of making the album and it had like the concert from like London that they did in like 75 and I was like, what are y'all doing? Uh, Bruce is overrated, blah, blah, blah. And to their credit, they, they didn't like argue back with me. They're like, they invited me like pure, just like, hey, come watch it with us. And I'm like, I don't want, I'm like, I don't want to spend my time watching Bruce. And then luckily the, the lazy student in me is like, well, I don't want to do homework. So I'm like, well, all right, I'll watch this with you. And Thomas that night uh, in Mike and Pat's dorm room changed how I felt about Bruce watching the documentary watching the concert and the songs and the performances and seeing the E Street band and their, their prime, their hate, seeing Bruce. It was music of his career that I wasn't really familiar mm-hmm. with. And that just changed me. And I said, I got to learn more about this guy. And it's been a fifth, that was like an 08. And it's been like a 15 year, just getting more and more about Bruce Springsteen.
0: Super rewarding. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So you and I got into Bruce... Around the same time period.
1: Yeah, what's your story with around
0: it? there? So, so mine was in 2009. Uh, I was attending the Bonnaroo Music Festival okay. with a whole group of friends uh, from friends from around the country. A bunch of us Coachella folks decided hey, let's go to Bonnaroo. Any now.
1: celebrities in that friend group? Have, I, I was, just want to make who sure who was
0: there. Um... Not really. Well, Post Malone before he was called Post Malone. Okay, okay. Was I got you. But, okay. Yeah, but other than him, there was I no just, celebrities, so okay. I'd have to say none.
1: That's, that's a surprise. Usually there's always that celebrity, just, just Thomas's, he'll just throw <laughs> in there, just hanging pre-fame, around with.
0: Pre-fame Post Malone, I would just call him P.M.
1: Yeah, yes just, just P.
0: Yeah, what's up, P? Let's go <laughs> check out Bruce Springsteen. But So so we were going to the Bonnaroo Music Festival in Tennessee and Bruce headlined that year. Mm-hmm. It was like Bruce, Fish, headlined, uh, a lot of a lot S9 Inch Nails. So it was like a very eclectic, very cool festival that year. I had known Bruce, obviously. I grew up, I was a child of like the 80s and 90s. Bruce was always, to me, a symbol of the 80s. Yeah. So when I think of like 80s icons, Bruce was one of those. Even though mm-hmm. I wasn't like, I liked some of his songs, but I really just viewed him as like a icon of the 80s same the born in the usa album cover Mm -hmm. i could see him like on stage pumping his fists dancing with courtney cox yeah in the dancing of the dark video so like so that's how i viewed bruce but i wouldn't i wouldn't call myself a fan it was just more so like yeah he's cool whatever and we decided my friend patrick johnson and i decided let's go see bruce like we're gonna be like all in let's go check this out let's give him a chance my friend Patrick, he wrote on his stomach, it's mother and boss time.
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> so Patrick was like, he's like, I'm, if I'm going to go see Bruce, I'm going to get like, I'm going to dive in. That's cool. And see Bruce. So Patrick and I, I think it was just the two of us, other people, they wanted to go check out like the dance tent or something like, no, we're going to go see Springsteen. And it opened my eyes, his live performance at Bonnaroo. Patrick and I looked at each other and we were like, this is actually really good. Like we kind of came to watch him 25% ironically and 75% mm-hmm. let's go watch Bruce. And there was nothing ironic about our enjoyment of Bruce Springsteen that night. Like, he put on a hell of a show. Patrick w- was super into it. Patrick likes, uh, likes we- weird kind of music. He likes a lot of electronic music. He likes a lot of experimental music. But he t- after the show, he's he told me he's like Bruce was like I can see he's like I get it. He said I yeah. get why people love him so yep. much. Yep. And I said same. And he put on he opened with Badlands, and that yeah. was like I said like, yeah I think I know this song that sounds familiar. That's like and then he played some more songs. I'm like you know a lot of these songs sound more familiar than I thought. Mm-hmm. And I said I think Bruce has more like great songs than I even realized. So that was part of it. That's
1: awesome. You know what? <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Badlands. You know. How I heard that song, I didn't know it was a Bruce Springsteen song, but it always connects to SNL. The SNL 25th anniversary, Bill Murray's opening, and him and Paul Schaefer, are, they start singing Badlands. Mm. And I was like, oh, and then I just like, like, I like that. And for the longest, I didn't know that was a Bruce Springsteen song. And I'm like, that's Bruce Springsteen? Like, years later, I figured that out. But mm. I remember that SNL 25, that opening, you know, with Bill mm. Murray and all. Yeah. They, play, yeah, they sing Badlands.
0: That's right. Yeah, that was the opener at Bonnaroo. Yeah. did Badlands, and then he ended the first encore with Born to Run. He had like so many great songs. He, he played, it was the middle of June, on a farm in, in the hot heat in Tennessee, and he did Santa Claus's Coming to Town, and he knocked it out of the park. It was so much fun. And that whole set, it was like 30 songs of just joy and fun and energy and I just love that at the end, Patrick and I were like, we get it. Oh, yeah. I, and I told him, I think I'm a fan. I think I'm a Bruce fan now. And then I started diving into his catalog, and I have opinions on favorite albums and songs mm-hmm. and everything. So it was Bonnaroo 2009 that was the pivot point for me with Bruce Springsteen, Jeremy. That's
1: huge. So, yeah, it's funny. Like, um, without knowing each other, it was like around that same time frame. And, uh, you know, those guys, I'll never forget them they introduced and they did it in a way where cuz i i'll be honest i was like mocking it like bruce yeah. but they didn't like let that stop them they they shared that with me and i appreciate i always try looking back and even now people who share something like it's not mine i'm not into it it's theirs but they're, they they want to share that with me and um it changed it it made me be like wow like i did not know so much about him and I'm with you. I had the 80s image because he, he is an icon of the 80s up there with Madonna, mm-hmm. Prince, Michael Jackson. Like Bruce is on that level. Like you think of the 80s, you think of, of Springsteen. And the, those I've grown at, now that I've become more of a fan, I look at those songs a little bit differently. But growing up, I just didn't like you said him dancing in the dark with Courtney Cox. I'm like, this is like an 80s. it was lame growing up. I didn't like it. Yeah. But um, he's so much more than that, you know, and just he's one of those artists who is so interesting and he kind of touches on so many different demographics. And I think there's few people in pop culture who I'm like, whether you're a city person or you're in the country or whether how you feel about stuff socially or politically, Bruce hits all of that. And very interesting ways and that's kind of what i've seen and that's what really impresses me in a way about him too
0: well yeah bruce is relatable mm-hmm. and that's the huge thing and that's when people think of bruce springsteen they think of somebody who sings about working class things The he's about the working man everything like that so so he there's a, a relatability about him the way he looks he's never dressed like like you always see him in just jeans, and right, he right. performs in jeans and a and a sleeveless white shirt or something. And uh, he he's never been like even even especially in the eighties and stuff. He always kind of looked like not manicured, mm-hmm. uh, a little disheveled uh, in a famous sort of way, not, <laughs> not actually disheveled. <laughs> uh, but he always gave that uh, that that image about him. So he just he's one for me over the years. I'm a huge huge music fan. But often lyrics are secondary to me. Me too. In music. But with Bruce, Bruce is an exception. And a lot of... We're doing five essential Bruce songs, obviously. And a lot of the reason for my choices was because of the lyrics and the themes of the songs. And not just how the music sounded. Hmm. And Bruce is maybe the top artist for me as far as like, I pay attention to the narrative that he's weaving, the story that he's telling in these songs, more so than a lot of other artists where maybe I'll hear a song and I'll be gravitating toward like, oh, listen to this guitar sound. Listen to these drums. Listen to this. But with Bruce, it's like, what story is he telling? What is he singing about?
1: Well, that's interesting. And I I totally agree with you. I actually kind of was reverse. Now, like, like, the way, like, I listen to music, like, it's, like, similar to you. Like, lyrics sometimes is secondary. Um, Bruce was actually someone, and we'll probably get into, like, a big reason why, like, when we do the songs. The lyric I kind of started paying attention. When I start developing a fandom, the lyrics I went into, like, oh, okay. And I would hear, like, you know, great guitarists of the, the E Street, great musicians. But I'll tell you when the, the Defiant Ones, that docuseries about dr dre and jimmy ivine came out in i believe 2017 and early on in jimmy ivine's career he worked with bruce springsteen and seeing the footage and the clips but then seeing them talk about it years later shame on me but i didn't know how attention to detail oriented bruce was with the with everything with the mm-hmm. music when it has to hit right here and how he is he's really hands on deck because like the Bruce's style feels kind of like, especially like those 70s songs, like, oh, you're just kind of like peering in like this jam band, just having a good time. I didn't know how like attention to detail and how, you know, working on a song for months and months and months. So I kind of went reverse where from the lyrics to them being like, wow, like there's certain artists you can kind of hear it, but you kind of know about them being that Bruce doesn't have that, that reputation but studying that and seeing that I'm like Bruce is really fine and really attention to detail and really focused that i I would not have guessed
0: now with a band that big with the e Street band th- with the amount of instruments at any given time that mm-hmm. that's happening it could it could very easily go into a jumbled mess yes and I think that's the huge thing about Bruce Springsteen and the e Street band is that there's a lot going on, but you're right the attention to detail the arrangements mm-hmm makes sense it's a pleasurable listening experience at any given time there's like a guitar drums bass a glockenspiel yep a yep. Uh, saxophone tambourines there's like all this stuff happening but in the context of the song it makes sense it doesn't sound like a mess and you're right that speaks to 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 Bruce and the rest of the Easter street band mm-hmm. with how they arrange the songs how they perform them live something and that's what makes it so sound so full as well and that's part of the live experience that you and I have both mm-hmm. enjoyed and gravitated to is is all of that happening and marrying and coming together creates this amazing live experience and I think we're not alone I think the live aspect of Bruce and the E Street Band is why even to this day in 2024 why he has such dedicated fans
1: Absolutely absolutely I I I think the hits, the music will still live on. He'd still be iconic, but why he doesn't feel, he still feels relevant is that live performance and that live aspect, like just what they bring and just the stories are just legendary of, of what he did at concerts, how long the concerts went and also just like, oh, like he let the crowd just yell out what, and then he would just let the crowd decide and mm-hmm. they could just jam, like just different things like that, different stories and him really putting, once again, that attention to detail where you're not – you can see a, you know, 20 <laughs> concerts and they're going to have a different experience each time, yeah. and that's such a testament to him. Yeah,
0: yeah. Gosh, I want to see them. That, that Bonnaroo show is the only time I've seen them.
1: Oh, you know okay. I, mean? I saw them yeah. once too.
0: Okay, yeah. That, that's something that I want to see. Again, my wife and I were in Europe in the summer of 2023, and Bruce was playing Hyde Park when we were in London – Oh, wow. And we we were prepared to pay hefty sums to see that show because yeah. my wife is a big Bruce fan right. as well. And so she and I were pre- prepared to pay a hefty sum to get in to see the Hyde Park show. It was sold out, so we yeah. weren't able. I kept checking. Every day I was like checking to see <laughs> if tickets were available. And he's super popular in London. And yeah. he, he played to a sold-out Hyde Park in the summer of 2023. But we... We're near Hyde Park. She and I, we were just taking a walk uh, around Hyde Park before we actually went and saw Wicked that night as like a consolation <laughs> for yeah. missing out on Bruce. But but it was just feeling the energy of people walking into the park. All these Bruce fans excited, wearing their Bruce shirts, getting excited. So we, she and I, even though we were, didn't see him perform, just to be there at Hyde Park when people were, were trickling in to, to watch Bruce. Was, was was amazing as well it's like so fun to see his dedicated fans it was such a bummer for us that we weren't able to to see him at Hyde Park I looked up video afterward uh, oh, just yeah. to get a little a little sense but that would have nah. been amazing where did you see him
1: I saw him at uh right here in Philly was he was in was, it wasn't the spectrum yeah uh, because he had like a goodbye spec it was I think it was at the we call it Wachovia where the Sixers play yeah um he was in there and he it, it was really cool show that was like 2010 2011 ish so a few years after and it, it became because you know those three guys introduced me to Bruce but then I started meeting more Bruce fans and the first thing was the like you, we've been talking like the live you gotta go you gotta go and they were right people were right and it's something like uh I want to go one more time I really do like just and I said in the pre I'm, I'm not the I'm trying to get more into concerts that was the best concert I've ever seen. Wow. I think it'll be hard to top it just because of who he is and what the band is. And I just think he's just worth it. Like, I understand why, yeah, Hyde Park, like, wanting to do it. Like, I I don't blame you and and your wife. Like, I would be all about that, too. Like, he's just... um... But one thing I wanted to ask you, I guess not ask, but point out, would it surprise you that, now, not album, but song, he doesn't have a Billboard... Number one song,
0: it would have before I started digging in <laughs> this past few weeks. Yeah, and even some of the the songs that I thought, well, this would be obvious, or this would be. I looked at the Billboard placement. and I'm like, oh, okay, wow, okay, so it was that wasn't that major of a hit that mm-hmm. that I would have expected, exactly. But I would exactly. have been surprised. And I think maybe yeah. you, even you talk to a lot of people, they'd be surprised about that, Jeremy. So I I
1: think that's fat. And another thing we talked, you brought up like the lyrics so as a songwriter. A great songwriter and the songs that he kind of wrote or they were you know he pinned for himself or maybe didn't finish or he like just recorded but didn't go anywhere and then other artists then making them big hits you know from you know blinded by the light that was the bruce springsteen song mm-hmm. and manfred Mann, and, and they went number one with it right <laughs> like, which and is ironic the, all, For
0: a bunch of years i didn't know that was a bruce song see blinded that one, by I, the light i didn't there, know so, that
1: that one I knew the the my favorite one of them with the the Patty Smith song because you know because the night which I love that song that's a Bruce Springsteen song had no idea until the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twenty fifth anniversary and you two's out there and they're like we're gonna have some people join us this is a Patty Smith song and I I of course you knew where they were gonna go and then he goes it's also a Bruce Springsteen song and I go what. <laughs> And I, had, I was instantly Google like Bruce because the night Bruce and like he wrote that song and Jimmy Iovine, who I mentioned, mm-hmm. Bruce didn't really use it. So went with it with Patti Smith and you get a classic and then even, you know, Fire, that was going to be a song he wanted to give like a tribute to Elvis. The Pointer Sisters, who I love, they take it and go number two with that song. So a lot of these other artists, like they're known songs. Bruce mm-hmm. has a part in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good call on about you but i'm ready to uh, dig into this essential list let's do it man all right so how it's gonna work today we're talking about five essential bruce springsteen songs since i'm the host this week i have three choices and Jeremy will have two choices of course he has a veto yeah. if he chooses to use it yeah. so that's how the game is played here on pop culture five let's dig into five essential bruce springsteen songs and I have the first choice. So, Jeremy, uh, we've—I've been—I think we as a show have been in kind of a populist mood lately. Last week, in our HBO original series episode, we talked about the Sopranos first. A mm-hmm. populist, a little, little kind of obvious one, and I, I want to stick to that with Bruce Springsteen uh, because I think this is a, this is a super important song, in my opinion. Even, not only is it one of the more popular Bruce songs, I, t- t- for me personally, it's his best song. Okay. So I think it's totally essential. I don't think you're going to veto this. Uh, so I want to go back to 1975, and I want to talk about Born to Run. Sprung
2: from cages on
0: And to me, that's the essential. For me, like I don't know, I don't, I don't necessarily rank these, but Born to Run's always the first that comes to mind, as far as greatest, best, essential, whatever you want to call it, with Bruce Springsteen. And you had mentioned Billboard charts, mm-hmm. and this peaked at number twenty three on the Billboard yeah. charts. Like, I was, yeah. I was shocked. I was like, oh, it may have been top five, top ten. So I mean, number twenty three. So it wasn't that major of a hit, Darramie, but it was a pivotal song for Bruce because he was looking for a breakthrough song. I believe born to run is his third album.
1: I believe so.
0: Yeah. So he was looking for just that one break, that one song. To, and I think born to run and the whole album's amazing. Mm-hmm. Born to run played a big part. I think in like letting Bruce know that like, yeah, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep putting out albums. This is like, I think this got Bruce on more stable footing Absolutely. as far as popularity and his name getting brought up in, like, a, a the, the good to great artists or whatever around that time. So I love just, like, the evocative language that he uses, like, in the first verse, basically about getting the hell out of their hometown. Yeah. So I love, I I just love the language that he uses as far as, like... Wendy, to speaking to Wendy, we need to get out of this town. We can do it. It's like kind of an uplifting, even though there's obviously something that they're as- wanting to escape, or that he's wanting to escape, and trying to ask Wendy to come along, and they could do it together. So they're obviously escaping. He wants to escape something that he doesn't love, but it seems like it's very uplifting <laughs> in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Like it's it's a very motivational and inspirational. Like we can do this together. Like that's it's like a love letter to Wendy and just him telling her that that just you and i we can we can get out of here we can do something we you know because because uh tramps like us baby we're born yeah. to run like that's just you know i could i could go on i want to i want to know what you like w- what does born to run do for deremy
1: it's a signature song it's a song that just kind of takes you on an emotional roller coaster but like you you get hype like you just get excited um Friends of mine, uh, Sarah and Mike, they got married in 2017 and they're big Sp- Springsteen fans um, at their wedding, at the reception. This was like the climactic song before like the reception ended. It was, you know, they're jamming Born to Run and the whole, everyone the whole like wedding party just jamming out and they had like those you know like those like fake like saxophone instruments like you know like every the saxophone with clarence's part they're doing that and it was a really fun time and they're they're also someone i shared a lot of springsteen stuff with they go on to more concerts than i have uh mike does a christmas tradition it's a christmas morning springsteen and bacon and beers so he'll play a bruce album on vinyl and he's frying up bacon and he has like a morning breakfast beer and i'm like that's pretty cool like he does it every (laughs) year you know he'll show it on instagram or something but this song just kind of what you said earlier it's a great like rocking out just like just like letting your hair down kind of a song but as you as i look at it deeper all the instruments all that's going on and one thing i'll give about bruce is you know i think he loves to sing he's a great energy great performer great in in the studio but he c- clears out the way and lets the E Street Band like they're not even though it's Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band they're not secondary if that makes sense like mm-hmm. they're they're on equal footing in a way but a lot of these songs he clears out the way and lets them just do their thing and you're hearing this awesome band i mean there's a reason why on their own, they're in the rock and roll hall of fame, the E Street band, because they're that great and that legendary. And this song is classic of that because the lyric like you said, There's Tramps Like Us, and that like climactic like final time, and just like you're hearing him sing it and just like, chant it, but then like the band is just going and it's just amazing.
2: One, two,
1: So I think this song, like, it's his signature song, which I'll be honest, 25 years ago, I wouldn't think it would be, but I think as time's gone on, it kind of won out, and I think the first song people think of for Bruce is Born to Run. And I mean, even the album cover is iconic with, you know, Bruce leaning on Clarence, like, it's it's just classic, man.
0: Yeah, this is their most performed song live, too. Mm -hmm. I think the stats bear that out. They love doing this song live. People love hearing it. Yeah. It's the one that they've done the most. And I, when I was listening to this song over the last few weeks, something dawned on me. I, uh, I, I want to make like a – I drew a parallel between this and another song that okay. I think – I don't know if you, you might find fascinating. I like doing yeah. cross-genre connection. I know. I like
1: that. I like that.
0: Born to Run reminds me of Juicy by the Notorious B.I.G., Whoa, okay. Okay, so in terms of tone, how it makes me kind of puff out my chest and feel good for someone and yeah. root for them, I root for Bruce and Born to Run like I root for Biggie and Juicy. Mm. So Juicy's okay. talking about like, it's an aspirational song. It's like Biggie rapping about how things are great. <laughs>
2: and she loves to show me off, of course Smiles every time my face is up in the sauce We used to fuss
0: when- So he's he's like, it's it's like an aspirational song for Biggie It's a celebration And to me, Born to Run is that same tone It's Bruce saying, we have this power We can do it, we can make it In a lot of ways, it's about making it With yeah. Biggie, it's in the voice of like, I already made it With Bruce, it's from the perspective of, we're going to make it But it's the yeah. same tone. So like Born to Run and Juicy by the Notorious B.I.G. have a lot of similarities to me, Jeremy. Sure. That's
1: a really good, I, that's brilliant, man. You're right, because they both also, if you listen to the lyrics, but also know the backstories of both of them, it's going against the naysayers. Yeah. And a lot of times it's it's people, you know, in Biggie's neighborhood. A lot with Bruce, it's really like a lot of this, like his own dad and his turmoil with his father but it's kind of like yeah like you're right like biggie's kind of like we we made it and he's maybe looking at like a mix of because success means different things for everybody but he's looking at like a personal success but also materialistic where i think with bruce is escaping the naysayers is escaping like you're never going to be anything you're just going to be stuck in this place and no like we're we're creating our own destiny Mm-hmm. And you know we're we're going away from here, and the world is our oyster. So that's a very good comparison.
0: I like that, yeah, that's why, that, that's why I don't like I don't like to limit myself. I don't think people should limit themselves to one genre. never I think there's never. so much crossover, especially in terms of themes and that multiple genres have to offer so Absolutely. so when that dawned on me, I'm like, I love it. like I love Biggie, I love Bruce Springsteen, and they share there's a lot of similarities there. Uh, if you really think about it, and open yourself up. So, uh, so, so that was fun to to kind of realize. I love like some of the romanticism in the language uh, of this song. Like he he uses the words tramps. He says because mm-hmm. tramps like us. Like that was very deliberate mm-hmm. on Bruce's part. It has like a literary quality. It has like a romantic literary quality. He could have used other words, but he decided to view them as as tramps, which to, to me, that that's like an interesting choice to me. And you would mentioned how Bruce is deliberate about stuff like that. So that's something, Jeremy that stood out to me is like yeah. the specific wording that he used.
1: Uh, to, to me, that means we, not just himself, but her as well, are outcasts, outsiders, black sheep. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think of. Cause I've thought about that too. Why use the word tramps? Cause it has a negative connotation, you know, with it. Yeah. So I'm like, why? But I feel like it, it's, it's representing that, that like we're, we're different. We're outsiders and we were born to run. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's a great choice of words. Like, because it's, it's like, we're not the, uh, we're not the, the favorite as a, a sports term. We're, we're definitely the underdog in this story, in this song. And that's like, Tramp's like, oh, we were born to run, like, don't give up. And I think it can speak to anyone who feels like an outsider or down on their luck or feel like people or society have given up on them. It's like, it's a great, very inspiring song.
0: And I was thinking like, so so using the word Tramps to me as a listener, it makes the task of them getting out of their circumstances a, a little less daunting because tramps, to me, it's like a whimsical kind of word. Oh, so okay. Bruce is treating it as like like it's a whimsical thing. Like, we're going to do it, so I'm going to sing about it as if it's just kind of this adventure and not like a hard thing, a daunting thing that's in front of us. This is going to be an adventurous thing. We're we're whimsical. We're tramps. That's interesting. You know, I never looked you know at it that. So yeah. that's just how I view it. Like, a lot of listeners can view songs differently, but that's yeah. how I view listen to this song
1: that's an interesting way to look at uh, yeah like you yeah that's that's i I like that i do like because it does have it's not i feel like it is like a it is serious but it's not daunting it's not like a heavy
0: message yeah it's not like super heavy yeah because tramps is like i think of like charlie chaplin Mm Hmm. Uh, you know like the tramp like charlie chaplin movies and stuff and that's like whimsical and so so that's just how i always listen to it and the the music, I mean, how the song sounds. That Glockenspiel is, adds to me like it's so celebratory. Danny Federici.
2: The, like
0: the Glockenspiel is all over the album Born to yeah. Run. So when I think of Bruce around that time and think of that album, that Glockenspiel sound makes it like a uh again like a whimsical big kind of thing. Clarence Clemens man just rips on that sack.
1: amazing just amazing it's yeah it's his uh, for such a great career it definitely is the song and i feel that album that's his magnum opus that's that's like like you know all the dedication all the i mean they spent i think six months on born on the song wow like they spent so much time on that song and trying to get it just right and that's where like jimmy ivine talked about like that's where he learned about the dedication in the music business. And Jimmy Iovine's this huge legendary force, but back in the day, as this young like engineer hanging around or trying to get into it, he credits Bruce Springsteen for putting that focus on him because Bruce was like just hard, like no, no, again, again. And he credits working with Bruce on this album as like really taking him to that great career. And like it's it's just amazing. That's where I'm like I get so much respect for him.
0: That that dedication and craft shines through on this album and this song in particular. I love it. Sometimes things are popular for a reason, Deremy. This, yeah. belo- this is beloved maybe his most beloved one. Sometimes there's a reason for cool. that. I think this is his best song. It's essential. So born to run. I'm gonna say it no veto. <laughs> yeah, it's no veto.
1: It's uh I'd be crazy. I would lose all, like, <laughs> authenticity if I was, like, veto on that one.
0: Like, No, Born to Run, my good man.
1: Yeah, you can't do that. What? Born to <laughs> Run? Like, I mean, I worked at Sesame Place one summer, and before it hit me on what that album, they, you know, they, because, you know, Sesame Street does, like, their own, like, you know, I guess, um what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, caricatures or, like, yeah. things on pop culture, and I would go buy this the, this poster. I think it was like Cookie Monster and was it Grover or somebody? But they're like imitating the Born to Run cover. And I never really picked it up because I was just like, what is that? Until like I got into Bruce and then I'm like, oh, that's what that was. Like, yeah. you know, so it's like it just cracks it me resonates. up. I'm like, oh. Yeah,
0: it resonates. So our first choice, Born to Run. Mm-hmm. Now it's on to Deremy. Your, so. your, your first choice, our second. Right, Bruce Bruce Springsteen essential.
1: So I I want to see if you if you know this one because this one for some might be a little bit different. I think for like the casual fan, it's it's not chalk. But um, a, a big thing for me that I've continued to love about Bruce. So I talk about that first time those guys showing him to me. But over the years, what I really come down to loving, obviously the music, but I'll be honest, Thomas, it's it's the relationship between Bruce Springsteen and Clarence Clemens and that brotherhood and Scooter and the big man. And you know, it had only been a few years of my fandom when Clarence Clemens but I knew who Clarence was. I probably knew who Clarence was before I knew who Bruce was, to be quite honest with you. Like and understood it. But when Clarence, you know, died, my thoughts like it was like, whoa, and my thoughts went to Bruce and the members of the East Street band. And then seeing and hearing and reading like the, the eulogy and how it affected him. And then even like seeing Springsteen on Broadway, which is on Netflix, which was amazing. And the, the part about him talking about Clarence and the way he keeps Clarence's memory alive. But like, you know, he's close to the other members of the band, but I felt like there was a brotherhood there, like a really bond between them. So when I think about that, there's one song I was like maybe going to go with, but I'm like, no. I'm going to go with one that really kind of it's what set the tone between Scooter and the Big Man that's you know Bruce and Clarence and it's from the first album Greetings from Asbury Park New Jersey in 1973 and it's the one where you really get the addition we first really hear Clarence on the saxophone of the E Street Band I'm going with Spirit in the Night This song, to me, sets up what you're going to hear in Born to Run. The ad, Clarence, Cla- these were like the last two. This song and Blinded by the Light were the last two songs that they recorded for Greetings from Asbury Park. And he kind of had, he, the, him and Clarence had met, they knew each other, but he had to find Clarence to kind of get him to, to play sax on here. And then you have Clarence on here. And to me, I love the story he's telling, you know, with all the characters he has you know wild billy hazy davy and it's just like these guys who are kind of like just trying to find it out and it's like a great like story he's talking about like his his crew his jersey store east street you know like crew i love that part i love that song i love the saxophone it has a jam feel oh, It was recorded in like like the studio that they did it in was like, it's a known New York studio, but it was kind of known because it didn't have all of the trappings yet. So when you listen to it, it kind of, I love it because the production value in my opinion is not like so high, but it kind of still just comes through. And I think it kind of gives like an old, like nostalgic feel. And I think when you really first hear Clarence jamming on a Bruce track and jamming with the E Street band, it's spirit in the night, and what this song sets up is just an amazing run, an amazing career, an amazing friendship between these two guys. So, do you? I don't know how well you are with this song.
0: Yeah, I want to listen to it again. I did. Li- I did listen to a few songs from "Greetings from Asbury Park." One of them was like on my very short list, mm-hmm. but I want to re-listen to this and yeah. we'll reconnect in five. Perfect. I just finished listening to Spirit of the Night off of Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. This is awesome. This is such okay. a feel, it's like a feel good song. Uh, what sticks out is that it's it's different than many of his songs about hard times. Mm-hmm. This was actually like a, a, a good time. Like You sound like he was fondly yeah. talking about something. That he wasn't trying to escape something. He was like almost living in the moment. He was like living in the present, describing a scene. It's like a wild night between friends, but it, but he he describes it as something that like something sounds like he truly enjoys it, which is a departure. I like. Well, I mean, I love a lot of his songs about m- making it out and mm-hmm. hard times and dusting yourself off. Or but this one was like a celebration of good times that that were important to him.
1: Yeah, and I and I just love... There's not too many people, honestly, because this was last addition to the album, so there's not many of the E Street band who are there because they thought they were done. So a lot of that, I think... Um, I don't know if it's... Uh, I'm trying to think of the guy. Uh, Vinnie Lopez on the drums. It's Clarence playing the sax, and a lot of the instruments are Bruce because a lot mm-hmm. of the E Street band have gone on. So this is really... it's if you want like a Clarence and Bruce jam, to me, this is what sticks out for me a lot of times. And I think that's why, because this is really Clarence. He kind of joins the East street band from like, this is like where he like starts. He's a part of it. Like he kind of mm-hmm. Bruce had to like find him. So, and I think the story of Bruce Springsteen and the East street, like you have to mention Clarence Clemens, if you're going to talk about this story, I know you look at the lyrics, but just that, like that end where it kind of like slows down. is like,
2: well, now Hazy Davy got really hurt. He ran into the lake in just his socks and a shirt. Me and Crazy Janie was making love in the dirt, singing our birthday songs. Janie said it was time to go.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. And then it just... So we closed our eyes and said goodbye to Gypsy Angel Road. It starts picking up again, and it felt so right. Like I just love how like they're just jamming to it, man. It's just oh, Everyone right. chimes
0: in in the chorus. Oh right. yeah.
1: Oh, it's just great. Like it's yeah. um people who know like listen know me. Um, I love going for walks. Like I love long walks. Like my rule is if it's thirty five and up, I'll still go for a walk. Thirty five degrees and below. Okay. Uh, I gotta hit the treadmill. A good so <laughs> yeah. So um, this is one of those songs. Instantly, when I go on a walk, I play this jam, and I it just gets me in the right mood. So I, but I just think it's not just a favorite of mine, but I think it's essential to to Bruce.
0: No, oh, this is awesome, and I know Bruce loves soul, and he loves Motown. Yeah, and I could hear it here. Mm-hmm. I could really hear it because this is a Bruce song. You don't often hear him do this. He's more so like crooning. In this song than other songs. He's not like singing like Bruce (laughs) Springs. He's like crooning like a soulful singer. It totally fits the 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 moment of the song and the vibe of the song, but but Bruce sings in the song in a different way than you hear him a lot, and that's really striking to me. I appreciate that, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, no. Um, after those guys had showed me the 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 concert and the the, the making of, I was like, all right, let me learn more about this guy. This was the first song because I was like, let's start from the beginning. And this one popped up, and I was like, "You, Thomas, I'm like, this is who is this? Is this really Bruce Springsteen singing?" And it was like, I I just kind of loved that, and it was almost like you can see who Bruce was going to become with Born to Run. He's not there yet, but the formation is in my eyes through this song. You're like, you see what's coming.
0: Yeah, this is a wonderful choice. It's an early, early Bruce. Yeah, and I think. Just him and Clarence. Clarence sets the tempo mm-hmm. right off the bat. Like immediately the first thing that you hear in the song's Clarence. Yep. Just setting the tempo for this.
2: Crazy-dian.
0: This is a great great song this is a great choice Jeremy I I, I think it's essential if I had veto power uh, I would not veto this not I appreciate that I appreciate <laughs> that all right so we got born to run and we got spirit in the night as our first two essential Bruce Springsteen songs it's my choice with our third one and we're feeling good we had we listened to uh to spirit in the night, and we're feeling good, taking it easy, some good vibes flowing, and then I come in, and I'm just gonna ruin that. During, <laughs> with <laughs> I'm gonna ruin that with an amazing song, in my opinion, but arguably Bruce's mo- most emotional and saddest song. Okay, <laughs> so that's part of why I think it's essential. Is this mm-hmm. is just like this hits? I think a lot of Bruce fans in the feelings more than most every other song that he's done it's the one bruce song that almost makes me choke up oh listening to it so it is from 1984 it is from the born in the usa album but it's probably not one of the super popular ones it's downbound train
2: i had a job.
0: So the song to me is very much a Bruce theme song. When you usually think about what Bruce likes to write songs about, a uh, guy got laid off from his job at the lumberyard. Things start going downhill. His lady left him. He has to uh, find a job doing hard labor, laying down railroad tracks. Um, to me, this has like you, you can see influences here. Uh, you, it's a it's a very it sounds it sounds like a almost like an outlier off born in the USA. It doesn't sound like yeah. the uh, the typical "Born in the USA" song to me. It's a very it's a very moody song, and there's some urgency there. Like the keyboard sound in the song just just creates urgency. Uh, so so I want to submit "Downbound Train" from now, "Born in the USA." Um, so what? How you how are you feeling about this? Do you? Well, what?
1: the first thing. Uh, so I definitely I know the song, but first I I'm going to do what you did. I'm okay. going to need to listen again just to really because it's not one I reviewed getting ready for it, but I have heard it, Okay. but I'm just like, and the reason why I want to review it is because there's, I mean, Bruce has a lot of emotional songs. So for you to say that this one is the most emotional, why, I mean, due to, we, we can get into it maybe after the list is complete, but there's some that pop right into my mind that people go to. So why would you, why do you say this is his most, like maybe heart, like, Your know, heart pulling song of
0: of all the- I think the instruments play a factor in it because he sings about a lot of emotional things, but sometimes it's under the guise of like more upbeat sounding music. Okay. But with this one, it's not like a total bummer. So I think mm-hmm. the music's beautiful. It has twangy guitars, but it's just like the mood that the actual instruments com- uh, uh, create are more in line with like the story he's telling, which is a powerful story to me.
1: Let me let me go listen to it because I'm for sure. I'm I'm a little i t- I'll be real with you and the list. I'm like I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not you sure. know I
0: got others, so I got another okay. one. Okay. All right, Jeremy. Just listened to Downbound Train. So did I. I had to throw on my headphones for that I mean, too. I wanted to take advantage of that. Listen to a song I love. Jeremy yeah. has
1: thoughts. I do. I do. It is interesting because I'm torn. I am torn more than I ever have been in, in this co-host role, right? <laughs> okay. um, because when I did veto the Spike Lee, that was kind of like not that it's a bad movie that you pick, but it was an 25th easy one. Twenty fifth hour, man. Yeah, that was Stand easy. Stand by it. <laughs> the, uh, I'm leaning toward Vito. I'm okay. going to be real. The only thing to re- I'm just going to explain. The only thing that can be t- is that Bruce was in that 80s. That when he became that huge icon, one of the inventors of that heartland rock. I want to listen again because that song does have a very 80s heartland rock kind of feel to it. But I think you could. There's other choices. In there, so I I will I'm I'm going to say veto. Okay. Not that it's a bad choice. Okay, it is a heck of a song.
0: Yeah, you like the song at least.
1: I do like the song. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> okay. absolutely. I just am like I don't know if I if I was like yeah the essential Bruce if it's in this five.
0: Okay, it could be a little bit later that okay. makes sense so Jeremy's sending my choice on a downbound train <laughs> out the hell of <laughs> this essential list <laughs> that's what's going on alright I feel bad I feel Don't, bad do doing it do feel bad it's a good
1: song it is a good song do but not I'm just feel like bad.
0: I understand and that's why I had from 1980 mm-hmm. I'm gonna then talk about from the album The River I wanna talk about the song The River we go
2: down to And into the river we dive
0: This is a personal one to Bruce. Like, all of these are, but this hits close to home with his family. The song's about his sister and his brother-in-law. Yeah. So, this tracks, like, the narrator of the song and his high school girlfriend that had dreams of making it out of their town. Things changed when the girlfriend, Mary, got pregnant. So, this is them kind of, like, almost in the stages of grief, Yeah. I would say. So, they had to, you know, Mary got pregnant, then he had to get to work to support Mary and the baby so they had a quick wedding at the courthouse all of that it leads to like you know in the third verse the narrator lost his construction job uh, before that he and Mary are still hold on to their dreams and that's what the river symbolizes for the most part is them like it's their dreams and aspirations them holding on to that future that they've always dreamed about but then by that third verse the narrator lost his construction job he and Mary both let go of their dream essentially. They say now I just act like I don't remember and Mary acts like she don't care. That's them coping with it. That's him saying I'm just pretending like I don't even remember this Mary remembers but she doesn't care about what we had in store Final verse is taking stock of the situation so like he's remembering the time in which he did dream. He's wondering if it's even worth having those dreams if they're just going to get crushed in the end
2: It's a dream
0: so it's just about a young couple's dreams and aspirations and then a circumstance in life hit them and they had to adjust and it's almost like stages of grief acceptance they're they were bargaining initially they kept going they went back down to the river because they were kind of bargaining like maybe you know there's still something out there maybe we could still do this so it's a very personal one for Bruce. Uh, all the instruments you talked about—songs that are well arranged, Jeremy—and there's like guitars, piano, tambourine. There's an organ, bass, harmonica. It's a very notable for Bruce harmonica in this song. So all these instruments are so well arranged, and I think the river to me is an essential Bruce song.
1: Now you know what? This right here—I'm glad I vetoed because you you. I knew you had it in you, and this this is for sure. Okay, we're back, baby. Let's
0: go. We're, we're back, Jeremy. The river,
1: the river, amazing choice, amazing, and uh, and not that it's just not just because it's a great song, which it is, but because if you're looking at not just favorite or best, but essential, this set the tone, in my opinion, for the '80s heartland rock. This was a good precursor. And you look when this song came out, like, around, like, 79, 80, think about where the country was. Think about where that, you know, that whole, like, you know, Jimmy Carter and that whole malaise, you know, the Iran, the hostage situation happening. And just all those things of how, like, the country really felt. Economic hard times. It's, you know, I remember I did see his sister in an interview i feel like it was like maybe a decade ago talking about like this is the dead on of what it was like with her and her yeah. husband like it's dead on and and this is a song he would play and you know I when you brought up the the first song you you picked born to run and i mentioned his relationship with his father he would talk about this like that relationship in vietnam and what's going on like this was a big part of his touring so i you know my fandom watched like those eighties, like those concerts and how, and he would really get deep when it came to the river and talking about just what everything means and his turbulent relationship with his father and the effects of the Vietnam war and what that had on him. Um, and this is before the born in the USA album. So great choice, man. Oh
0: well, yeah. Thank you so much. I, I, I love this too because a lot of his songs and I know there's real life inspiration. A lot of his songs, he speaks in generalities about different things that have happened to just, it could be happened have happened to anybody. I think Bruce likes to speak in generalities because he wants to make it relatable for everybody. And there's, there's not a ton of songs to my knowledge that you can pinpoint and know that he's talking about a family member when he's right. So, so, so this is one of them. I think, um, I don't know if you were planning on talking about Adam raised a cane is another one. He's kind of talking about like father and son, his dad and Mm -hmm. stuff. But um, I just I just love hearing about Bruce telling such a personal story and he tells it in such an amazing way. And it's just like this song, the narrative just takes me on a journey unlike a lot of his other songs. A lot of his songs take me on journeys to a certain extent, but this one I could close my eyes and I imagine like a short movie happening. Yeah. And he's – because he's, he's so good at like – setting the setting up the characters setting up their situation he's it's like an economy of words with bruce he in in another life bruce could have been a great screenwriter yeah like an awesome yeah. screenwriter
1: well um great point because i mentioned uh the like the spring scene on Broadway. i don't know if you've seen that no um it's amazing and it kind of connects with what you because 1st one like spring scene on broadway but to what to your oh, excellent point yeah, his songs, they're little plays, they're short stories, and I think that's a great point. He could have been, if he wanted to, a great screenwriter, and, and it's something that I think, like, if you have time, like, anyone listening, like, go go watch Springsteen on Broadway on Netflix, because it was just so amazing, and Thomas is right, like, he just paints such a clear picture, you can see the people in the songs, you know, from all, all to me, all three of these so far, I don't need is so easy like it's not like a struggle to i can picture the guys in spirit of the night you know crazy davy and you know i picture like it sets up that's his crew and they're all kind of young and wild and born to run tramps like us what that means and in this song the river i can see this this couple going through hard times and are they going to make it are they going to get through it together all they got is love and is that enough I, i don't need to be like struggling it's very easy he paints such a clear picture
0: yeah, I would love to see that because he, he is very literary and such a great storyteller. And and you said The River is actually in Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. Do you know? I'm trying to
1: remember if it's on Bro- I think it, I know, when I mean, I've watched a lot of like his concert tapes mm-hmm. in the past. I think The River is on Broadway. I okay. think it is. Okay. Uh, don't quote me, but I do think that's oh, on there. It would be a perfect
0: um, one because it's yeah,
1: so evocative. Pretty this whole positive. album.
0: Yeah, this whole album is such a it's 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 a little bit of a departure in a way from the previous two. So you had like Born to Run, Darkness on the Edge of Town, and then like The River, Nebraska was around the same area. Bruce yeah. got a little more maybe sullen or a little more just like bare bones in mm-hmm. a, in a lot of his songs. So you could see that really with The River in Nebraska, and then he's like, I gotta I gotta bring this up a little bit, and then Born in the USA came out so this is always this is an interesting bruce album to me and just like a little bit of a departure from the previous two especially but even going back to the asbury park uh album so the river was like yeah it's an interesting album in his catalog for me yes
1: yeah i agree it's unique very unique and i think uh i'm glad i vetoed yeah i was a little bit because that was tough because i was like i understand where you were coming from with Downbound Train, I'm like, I am t- like wasn't like, what? I got it, but I was like, I don't know if that's... I, th- I feel like there were better songs that kind of hit that feeling, mm-hmm. and I think you picked a better one with The River.
0: All right. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah. So we have Born to Run, Spirit in the Night, and The River. And now it's back to Deremy for your second pick, our fourth overall.
1: So one thing I love is, you know, for those listening... Thomas and I, we go over like what we want to do. Like we pick like an episode we agree on an episode topic, but you know, I don't hear his picks until we're recording. He doesn't hear mine until we're recording. So I love it when by like accident he's does like a perfect segue or you know, mine gives a perfect segue to his. I love that. And this one happens here because, you know, we're talking about Bruce and his lyrics in that mid eighties and Born in the USA that album kind of had like a lot of mixed feelings for me growing up like I was kind of like confused by it and I think looking at Bruce's appeal a lot of it is by like ignorance and happenstance I mean he's a likable guy but I kind of go to Born in the USA the song And I know people are like, "Well, that's easy," but I'm going to focus on two things here. Number one, I want to focus on maybe one of the most—it could be arguably number one—as far as like misunderstood songs like in pop music history. Yes,
0: especially with a certain prominent (laughs) president (laughs) and his staff.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it's—it the funny part is the misunderstanding continues to happen. Nearly 40 years later, Mm -hmm. politicians and people still get it wrong of what the meaning of the song was. And to be fair, if I'm transporting back to 1984, I can understand that a little bit just because how the song, but to me, once you even see like the video, yeah. and everything, it's kind of like, how do you not know what he's talking about? But uh, if you focus on it, you know, it sounds just like it's a uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the song is about, you know, Vietnam veterans coming home, the economic hardship and the country letting down these guys who went to go fight, you know, in a war that was not needed. And then you send them off to war when they don't need to go, an unjust war, and they come home and you're giving them the cold shoulder and mistreating them. Which for those who don't know, I think a big reason why post 9-11 and now we see people going toward the soldiers and pro, and, which I'm grateful for, but it's because of how Vietnam vets, I'm, you know, Thomas, I know for me growing up, a lot of Vietnam vets weren't treated no. with respect. No, no, and no. it lasted for a long time. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's talking about in this song.
0: Yeah, he's talking about uh, a person being chewed up and spit out by, by the system by the country. Mm-hmm. Like the character in the song was, was born in the town in a town with nothing to offer. So he probably joined the military as a means to an end, yeah. to do something other than stay in the town. And they also alludes to like, maybe he got in trouble and this was, mm-hmm. you know, joining the military was a way uh, of getting him out of that trouble. But military service is sometimes like a carrot that's dangled in front of people with little to no prospects. So I think the, like the character in born in the USA followed that carrot because if there was another really no options. And then felt a little used by a lot used by the system. There's an imagery of like having a gun put in his hand and being sent to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So that's just like, it's not like him saying, Well, I grabbed the gun. He's saying they put a gun in my hand. So they were just a tool. Like they used him, the system used him. And then when he came back, had trouble finding a job. 10 years went by and he still didn't really have any good job prospects. Right. So that's just, that's a, that's a condemnation on the United States. That's not a rah-rah patriotic. Exactly. The subtext of this song, Deremy, is I'm in this crappy situation because I was born in the USA.
1: Exactly. That's
0: the, those are the missing lines that, that precede born in the USA is I'm in this predicament because I was born in the USA. That's what yeah. he's saying exactly. in this song. That's what's been unsaid. But if you pay attention, that's what you know. So I was gonna choose this one. If you Dang. weren't gonna pick it, I was gonna end this episode saying I want to talk about Born in the USA. Screw it. Yeah, I care. I, so so one of us was gonna talk about this. This oh, was my yeah. next choice,
1: honestly, because um, if you went by like favorite, I do like this song more and more as it's I've a gotten great song, older, honestly. Um, but because of what it rep- because it's just so misunderstood, and I think in a way that Bruce wasn't trying to do that, of course. It grew his popularity, and he grew to being that every man, that heartland rock by like accident. Yeah, you know. So I think it's one of the this song and this era makes Bruce one of the more like happy accident like beloved icons. Like I think if people back in the eighties knew what if they listened to what he was saying, I think it would have been much more divisive.
0: Yeah. Well, it does have like a synthie quality, so it does it does sound eighties. The yeah. older I get, the more I that's a compliment coming from me. I love Cynthia eighties music. Well,
1: I, I I agree, but the thing to so like number one was the 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 misunderstood lyrics. Number two, what grew on me and I gotta give him love is not Bruce. And Bruce is great in this song, but it's a guy who I first I'll be honest, Thomas, I knew him as Conan O'Brien's yes. number two. Yep. Right?
0: That's my but, note is what yes. stood out music max weinberg yes. on the
1: drums is unbelievable and uh-huh. just kills it just dominates this song and i just can't get that's what i listen to every time just matt and to me there's like times where you can maybe listen and being like this guy or this girl is really going hard you could tell he listen to this song max is leaving it all on the table when he's drumming to this jam
0: yeah, Max. Just the, my my main note was Max Weinberg's drums. Drums hit really hard in this song. Oh yeah, I, I love it, and it adds to that anthemic quality. This this song's an anthem, absolutely. So the, the, his drums add to that anthemic quality of it, and then the dun, 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 and that those mm-hmm. are some of the most iconic notes in in, in, yep. in any 80s song, probably in well, pop probably, music. Probably any song in pop music. The dun, yeah. Dun, Na, 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 na. everyone knows what that is. everyone knows what that is absolutely so so th- th- this song is such an anthem it's grown on me over the years like i always appreciated it but i genuinely like i and the more i because I, I like i said i appreciate 80s music 80s sounding music more and more as i get older and i i come back i go back and listen to born in the usa i listen to dancing in the dark and i love dancing in the dark honestly <laughs> I, I love that song uh, so, so I, I, whenever I listen to this song, Jeremy, I always imagine it being performed in a packed stadium because it's yes. so big. I always imagine Bruce on stage just singing his guts out to a packed stadium, probably Veteran Stadium, in yeah, Philadelphia, the Meadowlands, yeah, some place like that. But I can't listen to the song without imagining it being performed in front of a a ton of people at, at a big stadium.
1: It just, you're right, it just has, like, I don't think people think of Bruce as, like, stadium rock, but this song to me is, like, quintessential stadium rock, like, it just is set up for that anthem, and you can't help but just, you rock out, because, like, sometimes, if you took pride, I got it, but you rock out in anger, like, that scream at the end, people think it's, people thought, at least, or still do think, maybe, that it was Bruce, like, ah, like, yeah, that's him screaming out in frustration and anger that like scream at the end and it's just powerful but just we get to the end and it's just like that doom but you just have max with the and it's like slowing it down and he picks it up with the drum i'm just like it those two things like just stick out it makes me from a song that i'm like yeah it's good as i've gotten older i love this song because it's just so important, so yeah, great.
0: great choice. And I do remember how my mind was blown when I found out Conan O'Brien's drummer was uh, the yeah. drummer in the, in the E Street. Band. <laughs> yes, I was like, really? Oh, my I God. did not know that. I, yeah, I didn't know. I first knew him as Conan O'Brien's drummer, so that's funny yeah. that you had that same ex- same experience.
1: It, it blew my mind. I was, <laughs> I didn't believe it. I'd like look it up. I was like, that's yeah. no, that's Max. It's that's just, Max. yeah, this is Max on Conan. Like, you know, because Conan's such a goofy show, yeah. and Max was like. He looked like it was like he was like a high school music teacher right. that he picked up off the street, you know. Exactly. I'm like, he's really a rock star? Like get out of town.
0: Exactly. That's hilarious. One little thing, like my final note with this, is like mm-hmm. lyrically. I find it interesting that a little thing Bruce does and in other songs, but in this one too, and he speaks he refers to the characters in the songs in, in general terms. So in here he like like in other songs he's referred to the boss man. Mm-hmm. Here he refers to the hiring man, the VA man. And even like a derogatory term, but it wasn't Bruce saying it. I think it was the U.S. government saying yeah. this when he said the Yellow Man. The I yellow think that was the man, U.S. Yeah. government saying mm-hmm. that. So that was Bruce yes. saying that the U.S. government—that's how they look at Vietnamese people.
1: I think also like it—he it, didn't mean it that way, but it was kind of said by people, even not like to be derogatory. Yeah. But back in the eighties, people did say that. Yeah. Now we know better, but it was you know kind of said, even if it wasn't meant. To like be offensive, it was meant to say, condemn
0: the United States, yeah, for looking yeah. at them in those terms. Mm-hmm. But I, I just he speaks about his characters in general terms because he wants to prove the point of the situation in those cases and not harp on. I guess who, like when he says the VA man, it doesn't matter what the name of that person was or who they, It's just the VA man because it could have been any VA man in New Jersey, in New Mexico, in Washington State, in Virginia. It could have been any VA man. So he's trying to relate this experience like it's not like the New Jersey or whatever. Like he's just saying the VA man to make it more universal. And I think that's what he tries to do when he says VA man, boss man, hiring man. He's trying to make it a universal concept and make it relatable to everybody.
1: Yeah, that's an amazing point because it's it's hitting me now. I think maybe as good as anyone a good as example as simple is better and through simplicity you can get more complex because he it is simple. The VA man, the hiring man, the boss man, we all can paint that picture and yet that allows him to tell the complex stories. Right. Where you we're not fill into, in
0: your version, you, whoever yeah. your boss man is, you you insert that person into this song.
1: And I think even because if he would have said Jill the the hiring, or Jill, the VA person, or you know Joe the bo- the hiring man, that still can throw you off a little bit. Even though like it, you still get it, but it's like nope, the hiring man. You fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Who is that hiring man in your life? Boom we're all like, oh, we have that. We know that person. We know what he means. And honestly, we know when he says the yellow man, we had no conflict. They, it, it, There was no, like, they weren't really the enemy. The enemy was the government and being lied to. Yeah. So I, I think it's a great point.
0: Yeah, that, it's, a, it's a great choice by you. Like I said, uh, that, that was going to be the next one that I was going to well, pick. And I was telling myself, like, is this being too obvious or too populous I'm like no i want to talk about born in, born in the usa
1: i think because i think it changes how he's looked at yeah like and to this day how people look at him and i think i'll never forget this um my dad said this to me one time i was talking about a, a person i worked with and you know some frustrations i had with this person and my dad said something to me he was like you know a lot of people think that they're universal meaning that they can hang out with everyone, blah, blah, blah. But he was like, no one's truly universal. And it hit me. I was like, wow, yeah. And I remember telling my brother that story, that my dad, and he was like, no, nah, it's true. But we always kind of like looked at each other and be like, no one's universal, but Bruce Springsteen's like pretty close. Yeah. Like he mm-hmm. he's connects. And it was like, why is he so universal? Like, because people aren't. And what happened in 84, I mean, with the album, but with this song, changed all that in my opinion and really and the fact that it's like by an accident or a misunderstanding is so fascinating
0: yeah i mean blue collar people of any nationality or race or anything can can relate to. So that's why my wife and i couldn't get tickets to a bruce show in london at hyde park yeah it's so popular in yeah. Europe.
1: yeah because everyone gets that that's yeah. that's what he talks about is universal
0: across the globe yeah absolutely so, Jeremy, that's awesome. Awesome choice. We have Born to Run, Spirit in the Night, The River, and Born in the USA. So now it's up to me. You made my life hard. I was just going to pick Born in the USA <laughs> as the fifth choice and be done with it. So now, now I, have, I have a couple songs that, that I'm looking at. Uh, one of them is about veterans. So is Born in the USA. So thematically... I don't think I'm going to pick that one. What I do want to pick is a song that to me, it's a pretty uplifting too. So it talks about something, a hobby, I guess that Bruce talks about a lot in his songs, which is like racing and cars Mm -hmm. and things like that. And it's a song that uses, and I'll get to it when I talk more in depth about like the lyrics, but it uses like Bruce uses a certain vocal cadence and a melody that I find interesting and to me this song's a perfect example of like the type of cadence in Bruce and his use of like repetition and it's a good Clarence song yeah. as well I'm talking about from Born to Run uh, it's a song called Night <laughs> This is another, like I said, aspirational song to me from Born to Run. Uh, So the narrator, the character in this story, it's like saying like, I have to work all day, like at a nine to five. But I also have this outlet where I feel free. So Bruce has a few songs where he gets real vivid with like car imagery. He talks about racing. So he's describing in this song, like chromed invaders uh, having faith in his machine when he's about to race. So he's setting the scene like what really, like I have this nine to five, but what I really love to do is get out there at night and race these cars. And maybe this will become a full-time gig, maybe not. But I think he's saying too that like he's relatively content with the day job that he's working because he he he's looking forward, he can do this thing. It's like him acknowledging that his nine to five sucks and it's a situation yeah. that he doesn't love, but also saying, "Here's what I do love." So it, it it straddles the line between. So we already had like "Spirit of the Night," which I think after out of all this list is the most like uh, upbeat in terms mm-hmm. of theme. Yeah, and maybe we could argue "Born in the USA" or "The River" might be the most like hard, port bad, you know, downtrodden themes. But to me, this yeah. is like straddling that line. Night of like acknowledging a poor situation, but also Bruce saying, "Here's what I love, and I'm going to talk about what I love in this song." So, "Night" from Born to Run uh, is my choice.
1: Essentially, I like it. I I do do know this song, and it's not it's not one of like the the ones that jump out when you look at Born to Run. And I like that you picked it because it does kind of hit it, it, it hits with that theme that connects with so many people. And I think that's one thing that it's like, it's obvious. I think when you hear about Bruce Springsteen, he connects with people, but it's also, he put the work in. It wasn't just a look, those things may be added to it, but yeah. it's what he sung about, what he portrayed to you, what he, the stories and the music that he, he gave us is why we connect because yeah, We all feel that. We all feel like you said, where we're sitting there doing what we gotta do, you know, putting in the nine to five, you know, working for the man. But what would we be dreaming? But what would we be doing if we didn't have to do this? And Mm -hmm. that's an interesting point because you're right. He does talk about racing.
0: He does. He has a few songs where, like, that's the main thing. Like he's expressing his love of racing cars.
1: I think it's maybe like that, going fast or going away. Or I don't know what it is, but like um i and that's one thing maybe you know still learning i i haven't looked that up of like what is his level of fandom or his connection with it or if it's just like that's easy you know some songwriters it's whatever can get the the story across the best or the easiest Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's that or what so i'm i'm kind of you're making me even more curious about it but it just is a great song that kind of just hits you And I think Bruce has that where I for a long time was like, well, Bruce has his bangers, this known ones, but he doesn't have the deep cuts. And this is an example of when I I was ignorant to him and I was wrong. He has these deep cuts that like, man, like you don't just have to put on a Bruce like Born to Run and all right, we play Born to Run and 10th Avenue freeze out. And what else do we got? It's like, nah, man, you can play that whole album and a song like Night is, is just dead on.
0: Yeah, the whole darn album is awesome. It has that Glockenspiel to me that that gives Born to Run its distinct sound. Mm-hmm. Is the Glockenspiel that that that's so prevalent on the song and on the album? I just love that. It's like to me, it's just kind of like it's a little joyful. It's it's a little childish, but it's just like joyful and upbeat in this song. Like I, li- I like hearing Bruce sing about stuff that he likes, and and uh, he also uses. I alluded to a vocal thing or a lyrical thing that he does so he 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 uses repetition in this song night So he starts off verses with and so it's that repetition. It's almost driving the song and it's like an earworm. It kind of gets into your head. So I love how that's like the craft of what Bruce does. He made a conscious choice. Like I'm going to begin the verses with and, and it's just going to be this meditative fun thing that kind of like drives the song along and the cadence with which he sings in the song. And uh, I love stuff like that. Like I said, you hear Clarence immediately in this song w- which i enjoy so i it might be a deep cut but since you vetoed downbound train i'm just pulling the, another deep cut from Touche, <laughs> <laughs> touche. <touché. laughs> but i think if, if some people aren't familiar with night by bruce springsteen um it's, this is always one that just really sticks out to me if you love born to run it's similar to yeah it. no it is it's similar sounding and similar feels so if you like the song born to run night is definitely along those lines right, right. yeah
1: and, and um and that's the uh, the 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 Phil Spector that wall of sound that influence yes. that kind of went into Bruce and he kind of had it where having a lot of these instruments playing at once and they're kind of bleeding into each other but you may not know you know, you have to really focus and try to like dis- decipher which one is which but together you feel like an orchestra mm-hmm. it feels like powerful and and I. Think this song right up there with Born to Run. The song for that album kind of gives that the best.
0: Yeah, this is probably after Born to Run. I would say Night's like my second personal favorite. Not yeah. just the central, but like personal Thomas favorite from this yeah. album. I, I would say Night is is oh. right behind Born to Run.
1: It's funny. It's the B side to Rosalita.
0: Is it really? I didn't know. the B side. Yeah. yeah Rosalita is probably a song that people would know so more so than Night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like Rosalita.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good song. Bruce has so because, many good songs.
1: Yes, he does. He yeah, does. I that's, had to that's little a, it
0: down. I have a whole Bruce playlist on my Spotify that has just a ton of songs that I had to kind of like. Oh yeah. Examine and narrow down, and it was kind of the one song that I was gonna, I was choosing between Night, um, that but that has has similar Vietnam veteran themes was Lost in the Flood, from mm. Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. So I was debating between Night and Lost in the Flood. I kind of think Lost in the Flood is a little more well known than Night. I could be wrong. Um, but that's the one that I was wavering about.
1: I was I was looking. So, honestly, at first, I almost didn't put Spirit on Spirit in the Night on there because of 10th Avenue Freeze Out. And, like, they're kind of telling the story. Like, it's like, Mythic is not, like, maybe the exact story, but the story of the E Street Band and all that stuff. And, you know, just the jam, like, to it and everything. But I'm like, that's, no, that's not the, I said I didn't want to do that because I'm like what's the song that really brought the E street band and like brought Clarence in Mm -hmm. and spirit in the night is why I picked that over 10th. But that was, I was down to those two and two others were the rising. Yeah. And because of just like, I wasn't a fan of him then, but it kind of says something to me that that song that came out after 9-11 and it's kind of like the country looked to him and that song and what that meant for just how like the malaise that we all had post like right after like nine eleven and that kind of in a way like I wasn't a fan yet but it was kind of powerful like mm-hmm. that everyone looked to that song but looked to him as like you're the how how do we respond to this musically for looking to Bruce Springsteen
0: yeah that album The Rising was was almost a third kind of rebirth. For Bruce Springsteen, that I did. I think he had one in the mid '90s, a little bit, and Mm -hmm. then when The Rising came out, uh, it was a beloved album, critically acclaimed. Uh, I think that was another like third act uh, of Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Those would have been good.
1: Perfect segue because the other one I was—if you would have picked Born in the USA, I would have went with this one. Is uh, you know, Streets of Philadelphia. I was
0: going to ask you about it. Yeah,
1: of course, you guys know from Philly, so that hits. That was the longest time, if. Before I was a fan, I would always say, I'm not a Bruce fan, but I like Streets of Philadelphia. Like, that was one. I didn't grow up in a house that loved Bruce. My parents loved that song. They loved Streets of Philadelphia and that video and just Bruce walking the streets of Philly mm. and the actual streets of Philly and just uh telling that story at a time when it wasn't popular to talk about AIDS and HIV and, and him. That that showed the activist side of Bruce to me. Yeah, So that was a close one.
0: I think that song is best accompanied with the video. Yeah. So if you do want to listen, I think it'd be good to go watch the video. I uh, agree. You know, I, think, I agree. I think it's it's a good companionship. So I, I was gonna I was gonna ask you what you thought of Streets of Philadelphia. That was gonna be like my big burning question for uh, oh for Deremy. But I, instead of asking you a question, Deremy, mm-hmm. I went ahead and asked a question to Chat GPT. Oh, really? I asked AI a question for this episode. What was that? I asked AI to write a song about podcasting in the style of Bruce Springsteen. Get out of town, and it wrote a actual actually pretty good song. <laughs> Did it? It has yeah, it has uh, three verses, an outro, it has a chorus, a bridge. It's like a a, a full fledged Bruce Springsteen song and about podcasting like about pot. Wow. Yeah, and and it, so the name of the song I asked ChatGPT to name the song. And it named it Midnight Chronicles. (laughs) Wow. So, right? That's pretty good. That's not bad, right? So, so so the first verse, I kinda I won't go through the whole song. Like the first verse, it says, Well, I hit the streets of this digital town with a microphone and a dream. I won't back down. In the heart of the night where the stories unfold, I'm a troubadour of truth in a world so cold. Damn. Right? And then the chorus, podcasting in the moonlight under city lights, I'm chasing down the stories that keep me up at night. Through the static and the silence where the voices roam, I'm a lone ranger of the airwaves finding my way home. Get out of town. That's awesome. (laughs) So, Chad GPT can like, yeah, the the bridge of the song, it says, the echoes of the streets, they're my harmonies. In the rhythm of the city, I find my ease. Through the feedback and the buzz, I carve my name. I'm a podcaster, baby, and I'll play the game. <laughs> you want to hear the outro?
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: So here's to the dreamers and the ones who dare, to the late-night thinkers with stories to share. In this podcasting world where the wild winds blow, I'm Bruce on the mic, let the stories flow. Damn. That's, that's Midnight Chronicles, everybody. Written by Chat GPT, a song via, about podcasting in the style via, of Bruce Springsteen. Via
1: Pop culture five. If we ever produce an album, that's that's the first track.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be Midnight Chronicles. I told that, I told my wife that about this, and and I told her the name, and she's like, "That's perfect, Midnight Chronicles." Wow. Okay. That's
1: that's yes, because that's that's the life of a podcaster. Hmm like that nails it wow yeah okay. i've been up at midnight
0: editing stuff and doing stuff so oh yeah all the
1: time <laughs> like, that's why i never get any sleep now just looking researching doing yeah. things oh yeah. yeah it's worth it i love it but like that it hits it like yeah
0: so there you go Jeremy,
1: that's awesome man you uh that was a great surprise i i did not see that coming that is so so cool was a pleasant
0: it. surprise to me so yeah So, all right. So, A.I. is going to take over someday, but at least it'll write good Bruce Springsteen songs.
1: That's true. That's true. Yeah.
0: So, a look at what we came up with. Five essential Bruce Springsteen songs. Born to Run from 1975. Spirit in the Night, 1973. From 1980, The River. Born in the USA from 1984. And from 1975, off the Born to Run album, Night. So uh, next week we got a show. We got another podcast uh, before AI just does our show at some point. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so what do we got on tap for next week?
1: So next week, um, it was something that I wasn't sure if you. I, I thought at first it might be a blind spot because I didn't hear you talk about it. But I'm glad you know it's not. If it would have been a blind spot, I would have been cool with it. But I'm glad it's not because we're doing essential office episodes. And uh, this one is special for me. Every episode's fun and awesome and special. But this one, if there is one pop culture thing or specific thing that connects all the different, like, my different little, like, sample sizes or worlds, like, the different places I've worked at, high school, college, different friends from that background, uh, doesn't matter, neighbors or whatever, people I just meet for the first time, it's a love of The Office the NBC show, The Office. I've been able to talk to a lot of different people I meet where, uh, what do we have in common? Do you like The Office? Yeah, and we can just go with lines and talk about different episodes and different characters and moments. Is something that is special to me. It's it's up there for top five favorite shows of mine of all time. So I'm so glad we're doing essential office episodes
0: beautiful choice i love the office as well um uh, 100 pages or so into andy green's uh oral history of the office excellent so, book yeah yeah so so that's that's good timing i had just nabbed that book and you said hey let's do an office and I'm like cool i just bought i just got the oral history so yeah yeah great timing so so one great show i love the office so excited about that episode Jeremy.
1: No, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to get a lot of debates mm-hmm. with people. People are going to have their choices and because um, there's some that people love that I go, I don't want to put it that high. And there's others that people may forget that I, I think are high. So um, it'll be fun to see which way you go and which way I go with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. And people people might give us flack on social media, which I welcome. Feel free. Please reach out yes. to us on social media. I'm sure we did a Bruce Springsteen episode. I'm sure Brad Robinson, our buddy, Uh, from the not ready for primetime podcast is going to give me flack about about our bruce choices so Mm -hmm. so we're ready for it it'll happen with the office but we welcome your feedback so yeah so i'd like to thank all of you for listening thank you so much to bruce springsteen clarence clemens and the E street band and thank you to ai for writing a cool song and for not commandeering our show quite yet so for (laughs) Jeremy dove i'm thomas senna so long everybody Peace. Dura.
2: Podcasts and such.